I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Hilda Labradagor is the host and producer of the popular Wise Traditions and Tradiciones Sabias podcasts. A certified health coach and health coach. <laughs> Let's just take that from the top. <laughs> Hilda Labradagor is the host and producer of the popular Wise Traditions and Tradiciones Sabias podcasts. A certified health coach and ancestral health advocate, she has traveled the world exploring traditional practices for optimal well-being. Hilda shares the best of experts, experiences, and epic adventures on the podcasts, her Holistic Hilda YouTube channel, and on ancestral health tours and retreats that she leads. Hilda, welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Thank you for having me, Anthony. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Both of us just recently got back from some trips and you were in Ecuador. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. It was mind-blowing, Anthony. It was so beautiful and profound. I had been planning on taking this trip in 2020. COVID or the restrictions related to it kind of changed everything, threw a wrench in the works. And I was going to take a group. I wanted to take a bunch of people to explore ancestral wisdom. This is one of my favorite things to do is travel the world and see who's still living kind of the wise traditions way. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I couldn't go in 2020. So my friend who helped organize the trip, Andrea Lucio Mieles, was like, why don't we just go ahead, Hilda, even if it's just a handful of us? So there I went with Andrea, the tour guide who is from Ecuador, and a videographer and a couple of other folks, including my sister. I was like, who can I get to just jump on this train? And yeah. it was so beautiful because... I kind of didn't realize what I was going to get into exactly. And I thought I would just observe some ancient rituals. I was going at the time of the summer solstice around June 21st, mm -hmm. when they have an Inti Raimi festival in Ecuador, especially among the Quechua communities. And it's a celebration of the sun. And I was like, okay, I'll watch these little displays they're going to do. The next thing I knew, they were inviting us to participate in some of their rituals. And we were doing the ancient ritual bath and we were dancing around like the Inti Raimi celebrants do. And I was like blown away by the whole thing. It was crazy. That's super cool that they invited you to participate in it. They were very inclusive rather than, uh, you know, exclusive. <laughs> they were. And I guess I'll just say one of the first Quechua people I met was Mama Rosita Colta. I met her at a hospital in San Otavalo and she explained, she is a healer and a midwife. And she said, the body is holy. She kept saying it over and over, Anthony. She kept saying, nuestro cuerpo es sagrado. And because she is a midwife, I was like, okay, she's seen babies being born, but it was kind of a beautiful introduction to mm -hmm. her indigenous people groups mindset that our bodies are beautifully and wonderfully designed. And by inference, I understand that the earth is a part of our healing nature, a part of our healing protocol. And so I got to, yes, get in the water with her community and experience the healing energy of water near where they live. And then I, like I said, I got to dance around and I was just so profoundly, I will even say transformed by the experience. Yeah. Where were you in Ecuador? We were outside of Quito. Um, when I first went to this one area, it's called Otavalo, and that's where Mama Rosita was. She was actually working in tandem with a hospital. And the hospital was like, we want indigenous people to give birth in this hospital, but they're kind of not interested. And what can we do? We just want to support. They weren't trying to make all these medical interventions happen. They said, we really want to support the birthing process and make sure if there are any high-risk situations that we have some modern technology available. So Mama Rosita became the bridge to her own community. She would welcome mm -hmm. people in their own native language. She wore the traditional clothing. She made sure the birthing room wasn't white because white and her culture signifies poison and death. So um, she did these things and she even played her harmonica she demonstrated this to me how she would welcome the baby into a warm and happy place by playing uh -huh. the harmonica i mean i was like wow and so she invited me to be a part of these things like i said and it really it gave me kind of a renewed respect uh, not just for indigenous people but also for this world that we live on absolutely yeah i we were, we were talking right before we hit record i just got back from a week in western north carolina in the, in the nantahala forest and I was working on our 
print underground newsletter that we're going to be releasing soon and just writing it by hand. And one of the things that I was kind of reflecting on was like these five elements of life. And, you know, you've got food, water, oxygen, electricity, which in in my mind includes earth, includes sunlight, right? Sunlight being like one of the visible spectrums of electricity, but a lot of it is invisible Um, and, and sleep. Right. Because the, the issue that we're working on is, is sleep. So I kind of considered that I threw that in there as an element um, in part for the newsletter. But maybe you could touch on a little bit of some of the experiences that you had there and and, you know, the energy of water and earth and sunlight and how the indigenous see that and perhaps how it uh, changed your perspective or shifted your perspective. Well, I just want to speak to this first and foremost in our modern lives lifestyle, we suddenly, it's like we're living in cages. We're living in cages made by our own hands and we hardly get outside. I used to be an exercise instructor and I would go to the gym and to the different places where I taught. And I would spend most of my time going from my home to that place. I was in my car to the grocery store to pick up my kids from school. I didn't spend more than maybe 15 minutes outside, Anthony. Like I had no idea that the earth in and of itself had so much to offer me Mm health-wise. And so what I have found, not only in Ecuador, but also in Australia, especially, was a sense of our, and Peru, our connection to the land. Mm -hmm. And how often do we get our hands dirty? Like we can also spend a day insulated in our modern in our modern lives with our modern footwear and all the things insulated from the elements. Our feet are wearing shoes with rubber soles or we're inside where the, degree, you know, the temperature is modified to make us comfortable. And so we're no longer experiencing the energy of the earth. So all this to say, I'm big on it. And when I was in Ecuador, I got into these waters and everywhere I went there, not just in the Creek where we did this kind of ritual bath, but when I went to waterfalls and different places where there was water, people would say there's healing energy in these waters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, there's a theme here because I think we've forgotten also as a modern people that the water is flowing in a way that it's structured in a certain way. You know this because you have your show and you've interviewed experts on the subject, but there's something very alive about water that's not coming from a tube that's run across rocks and Mm -hmm. has fish in it and it's teeming with life. So when we get in that water, even if there's no ritual to it, there is something energetically good for our bodies. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we can talk about the mitochondria and all that stuff, but I'm also just talking on an instinctive level. When Mm -hmm. I got in that water with the community of Mama Rosita and they did some ritual things, I think we grabbed some kind of, um, what do they call it? Thistle. We were like hitting ourselves with some branches of stinging nettles. That's what it was, stinging Mm -hmm. nettles. We did that to kind of wake ourselves up maybe on some level. And then Mama Rosita came around with a little ceramic bowl. It was like a baptism. And she poured water on us, on each individual. And she muttered some words in Quechua. And then they followed with some burning herbs in another ceramic bowl. And they would put it all around us. And they said, we're releasing the bad energy and we're accepting Mm -hmm. the good. So in a way it felt almost like a, a New Year's Eve when you're like, goodbye, last year, hello mm-hmm. to all the new. Um, but again, on an energetic level, but it wasn't only when I was in that water. It was also when I went to waterfalls that I felt this, not just the negative ions, but a kind of um, beauty and communion with nature that is so important for us today. So I'm speaking to this because you talked about the earth. Yes, we need to get our feet on the earth. We need to embrace the energy that it wants to give us. I remember I interviewed Dr. Gerald Pollack on a Wise Traditions podcast one time, and he said, the earth gives us a negative charge that results in positive energy. And so when we're surrounded by our devices, and I'll pause for my breath in a minute for another question too, but when we're surrounded by non-native electromagnetic frequencies, when we're on our computers and on our phones, we're kind of taking on a positive charge that disrupts our cellular and our hormonal function. So when we put our bare feet on the ground or lean against a tree, we're offloading or downloading all of that extra charge that we've accumulated that can lead to all kinds of chronic health conditions. And we're taking into our bodies the negative charge that the earth wants to give us. And it's just such a beautiful, yes, communion. And I want to just conclude these little remarks by saying, 
you know, we're not just humans that are supposed to kind of dominate earth and be above at the top of the food chain, but we're a part of the natural world. And the more we spend time outside, the more cognizant we can be of that and the more healing it is for our bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I mean, there's a lot there that we, that you touched on that's important. Um, there's a, a tipping point with artificial electricity, you know, whether that's wireless electricity or even, I mean, there's studies going back to Dr. Robert Becker's work in the 1960s and, and uh, high voltage power lines and, and some of the work that he did. But there's this tipping point based on, I believe, our, the balance between the natural electricity that we're exposed to the the natural negative ions from the earth, from water, from sunlight, and the artificial electricity in, in today's modern world, especially the wireless electricity that pulls, um, that causes this net loss of electrons. So the earth gives us electrons and electricity. It gives us this negative charge and wireless electronics actually steal electrons and create a positive charge in the body, which is not a good thing. That's associated with inflammation and disease states. And uh, Arthur Fistenberg, Furstenberg, in his book, The Invisible Rainbow, um, pointed out that some people have this electrical sensitivity. They can sense it. They could feel when their body is out of balance, but a lot of people don't. And there's no association between being able to feel it between that electrical sensitivity and whether or not it is affecting us. You know, it, it, electricity, artificial electricity really is Lyme disease gets called the great imitator, but uh, uh, artificial electricity truly is the great imitator because depending on your genetics, your health status, it can manifest in hundreds of different ways. And I think that we're reaching a tipping point where more and more people are going to be gravitating towards the negative natural uh, electricity of the earth um, in order to maintain health and happiness. And yeah. A hundred percent. Notice that people living in our cities right now are the most afflicted with COVID, whatever you want to call that disease, yeah. whether it's a virus, something from within, something manufactured. I, it doesn't matter to me almost how you want to label it, but it's the people in the cities that are the most anxious, depressed, isolated, and stricken by this. And the people outside of the cities that are the happiest and wouldn't even know there was a pandemic if they didn't watch the news. And so I have an Ecuador story about that too. So when I was talking to a woman in this small town of Santa Barbara, her name is Christina. She said, um, you know, we all got, a lot of us in the community got COVID in June of 2020. Mm -hmm. And she said, what we did was a bunch of the women in the village, we collected medicinal plants and herbs. We took them to each household. And she said, Hilda, no one was hospitalized and no one died. And I was like, wow. And then I was thinking, That's can fantastic. I see that list of herbs? And, you right. know, kind of wanting to get a look at it. And then I realized I never got it, but it didn't matter because I thought, Notice the context in which those were given. These are people living in community. They were given in love. They were healing local plants. I mean, that's difficult to replicate. So the fact that you're looking the, into North the, Carolina. The intention, the intention yes, behind the intention, them, the belief that they 100%. will work. But yeah. I just also think wherever we live, and you know, I live in DC, we need to get out in a healing atmosphere. If we don't have the community and we're not feeling the love, at least get out there and hug a tree. <laughs> you know, yeah. there are natural, um, the nature wants to commune with us and love on us and, and, and remind us of who we are amidst these turbulent times. None of us are born with the warrior spirit. It is taught and trained on the wrestling mats of Iowa the mountains of Dagestan, and in homes across the world. Courage is learned from mentors and elders. Bravery is inoculated by a regimen of strategic training and discipline. This discipline culminates when the warrior has garnered the skill set to do what most men can't or won't. When he willingly runs into the fires of initiation because that is where his people need him. We feel disconnected when we chase the false idols of money, material possessions, and comfort. But true purpose and freedom are earned by training those parts of ourselves from which most men run. Some heavy shit is coming down, brothers. 
and those who rise to accept this call will go through it and win. The body, mind, and spirit are your instruments of victory. One cannot be properly trained while ignoring the other two. Our elite one-on-one coaching program is this training and your call to rise. Whether you're trying to build muscle, burn fat as fast as possible, upgrade your brain, reclaim your health, or unleash the warrior within, I will build you a personalized game plan to take your body, mind, and spirit to their true potential. At biohackercoaching.com, you will tap into the most cutting-edge health, anti-aging, and transformation protocols personalized exclusively for you to radically enhance your physical and mental performance. You'll have me in your corner as your coach and guide. With detailed instructions and advanced custom techniques to optimize your life, weaponize your body, and bulletproof your mind so that you achieve your goals as fast and safe as humanly possible. You'll discover science-derived lifestyle hacks I've only shared with our roster of Olympic gold medalists, world-class athletes, U.S. Special Forces, high-level businessmen, and super achievers from all walks of life, people ruthlessly committed to unlocking their ultimate capabilities. This program is for beginners, intermediate, and advanced fitness levels and provides everything you need to optimize your body, mind, and spirit's full capacity. We run labs and and blood work first because we believe in testing, not guessing. Then we use those data points to build you a unique, personalized program to correct underlying challenges and transform you into the man or woman you're here to become. Whether you're wanting to get shredded, add pounds of lean muscle, sharpen your mental focus and brain power, or heal, everything you need is included, and you'll have me in your corner holding you accountable, and guiding you through every step of the way. Because this isn't something I outsource to other coaches who may not have the skill set or experience you need, I can only work with five men each month. To grab a time for us to speak and determine if our Apex coaching program is a fit, go to biohackercoaching, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com and book a time for you and I to discuss your goals. Because we receive 50 to 100 applications each month for these five spots, if you'd like to request your application gets moved to the top of the list, send me a text message to my personal phone at 847-989-3743 and let me know why you're ready to change your life. This is elite personalized training at the highest level with zero guesswork. Only a small handful of people get this level of access to me and these teachings. If you've resonated with this, go to biohackercoaching.com now and fill out the short application form to grab a time for us to connect. Strength and honor. You know, Dr. Jack Cruz, who was episode three on the Biohacking Secrets show, he he, he really helped impart uh, upon me that population density plays a big part in this. And... Um, you know, I look at where I was living back in 2016. I'm in a high rise in downtown Chicago that to me was like the epitome of, of making it. I'm in an area, a, a neighborhood, a neighborhood of Chicago with a population density of 35,000 people per square mile. That's insane, right? So then I moved to Delray Beach that was 1,500 uh, you know, people per square, per square mile. And now where we're going in North Carolina and going to have our home base is, uh, 14 people per square mile, you know? So I'm in, in a couple of years going from 35,000 people per square mile to 14 per square mile. And like, yes, when that happens, sometimes your Jeep gets stuck and you don't have cell service and you got to find a way out. But the benefits, the connectedness that I feel there within 24 hours is profound. And, and like the creative energy and stuff that sometimes eludes me in cities, even when I'm traveling, I find flowing in abundance there. And just to circle back to what we were saying, it's not that the people are the problem. It's the conveniences that they bring with them. Yes. I do live in DC and I can't begin to tell you how many 
Wi-Fi networks are just on my street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do my best. This is one reason I travel. Here's a biohacking secret for you. I get out of town as much as possible in part to get away from all of the towers and the networks. Right now, my family's there. We're trying to move out. We haven't done it yet. But I'm like, I don't want to be subject to my neighbor's cordless phone that is mm-hmm. emitting stuff even through the wall to my own house. I mean, it's just right. a lot. And I'm glad you mentioned Arthur Furstenberg, by the way, also the author of The Invisible Rainbow, because he talks about how anxiety wasn't a diagnosis until electricity was rolled out in the cities. Did you know that? I Just from the book. I mean, that it, guys, if, if you're listening and you haven't read The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg, make sure you pick that up. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, Dr. Thomas Cowan also touches on it in his book, The Contagion Myth. And then you have, of course, Dr. Joseph Mercola's book, EMF. But if some of this stuff sounds a, a little bit like woo-woo or you're not familiar with the thousands of, of studies that have shown unnatural electrical radiation or, or non-native EMF. I think people just get a little bit confused when we start talking about electromagnetic frequencies and you get into electrical and magnetic and, and, you know, radio frequency, it just gets to be too much. But if you're like unnatural electricity, artificial electricity, you know, that creates the magnetic fields that causes a lot of these things. It's, it's a little bit easier to understand. And the biggest problem, um, is the wireless stuff that's rolled out so fast, you know, since, since we, um, you know, Wi-Fi in 2000 and then the iPhone in 2007 and then 3G, 4G, 5G. Right. So those, those are sort of the things that are impacting us just because of the, the, the speed at which they've been rolled out. Um, and yeah, I do think that many people are going to be in the, in the interest of their own health, uh, looking to get out of cities if they haven't already. I already know a ton of people that have moved out of Chicago um, and you know gone to gone to areas where there's more community. It's less of you know less of the the high rise lifestyle, and people are starting to grow their own food. They're starting to realize that like there's there are levels to this game, and like the top level is not organic food at Whole Foods. Like the top level is biodynamic uh, farming and regenerative agriculture and getting your hands in the soil. Like you said, like I was, I was disgusted by how much dirt was under my nails in North Carolina. And like, there was, there was no washing it out. You know, I was just like, I was, I was constantly working with the earth and getting dirty and doing stuff. And, uh, but you know, it was, it was also like a badge of honor. You know, like I, I knew there was good that was that was coming with that too. And then, you know, you get home, you cut your nails and, and you clean yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you're telling that story. I I have a story about dirt from Ecuador I want to share real quick. So yeah. I went to this volcano called Cotopaxi. It's one of the highest, most active volcano volcanoes in South America. And as we were approaching the foot of it, my guide, Nancy, said, I don't say this to everybody, but we had been talking on the way up and she knew we were open to spiritual and physical and alternative health protocols, so to speak. And she said, you know what? I want you to do something that only some of us indigenous people do. She said, I want you, when we get to the base, to put a little dirt under your tongue. And oh. it's a way of showing respect to the mountain and letting it recognize you. It's a way of kind of communing with the mountain. And um, it was so moving. And I really like that to recognize again, that we're part of the earth and we're, we're there as a, um, a participant in, in that day, you know, of, of being close and being intimate. And um, the, the mountain in turn, Anthony, this is going to sound kind of weird, but let me just say, she's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's greeting you. Like the clouds parted and these things happen. And then as we were leaving, she's like, it's saying goodbye. And she said, Hilda, it doesn't always show itself like that. So it was really, really special. And I think this might sound like way too woo-woo for a lot of people. So I want to bring it on home with this. If most of your day is spent in front of a screen or with your hand on a device, you might not think it's affecting you, but just notice what your anxiety level is compared to mm-hmm. if you start your day with sunrise instead of screen rise. Yeah. Don't reach for your phone first thing. Step outside. This is what I do. And it's great because you're also starting your day on your terms. You're finding your place in the world, literally. You're recognizing, oh, I'm a human being. The sun is still rising. The birds are still singing. No matter what, you went through yesterday or what your day may hold today, you know, there's the world keeps turning. And so it's just a really 
good spiritual practice, but also a physical practice to kind of get you in the now. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing, if you're not sure if these non-native electromagnetic frequencies are affecting you either, just notice if there's a little tingling in your fingers from time Mm -hmm. to time after you've been on your phone for a while, or you might even have some tinnitus. That's the ringing in the ears that can come from being close to some towers and stuff, right? So yeah. yeah. So I'm mentioning this because I have a friend who was highly sensitive to all this stuff, Anthony. And she'd always be like, Hilda, I'm the canary in the coal mine. Like it's affecting me, but, and it shows on me, but it doesn't show on other people. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it is starting to show on other people. It is, it is for sure. And even people who don't have that electrical sensitivity, they, I mean, one of um, a a good friend and colleague, he just got brain cancer. And he's on his phone all the time. Like it's a huge part of the work that they do. Their office has all sorts of, of Wi-Fi routers in it. Like even when I walk in, I can feel it. You know what I mean? Like my body is, is not, I've been able, I didn't even know that I could feel it until, um, really until like 2016, 2017. And then I started realizing and picking up on the different sensations that I could feel. But, um, he was just constantly, you know, tethered to his phone. It was a part of the work. They never really thought too much about it. And he he was recently diagnosed and he had a tumor in his head, the same size as his brain. Like they were both occupying the same space and it was pushing his brain against his skull. And, um, they said at the, at the office, he was, he started speaking nonsensically and, you know, not acting himself. And they got into the hospital and they found it. Now, thankfully he's recovering. And, um, but I, I just, I say that to him in part because so many people think just because they don't feel, you know, the tingling of the hands or the tinnitus or some of these symptoms that it's not affecting them. But I mean, we know just on, on a biological, like just to, to balance out our woo, because I'm into the woo as well. I'm, in, <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm into the science and science-based tools. And, and there's also a lot of science in the woo. We just don't yet have the instruments in order to quantify and track and measure. Um but one of the pathways that we that that has been proven is that exposure to this this wireless unnatural artificial electricity it suppresses melatonin production mm-hmm. not just in the pineal gland but throughout our entire body like a lot of people don't realize but our intestines make as more melatonin than our our pineal gland we make it in our white blood cells too and when we're exposed to wireless electrical radiation um the melatonin production gets suppressed. Now, is it any wonder so many people are taking melatonin to try to sleep and they find that they can't sleep and they're anxious and they're, they're, you know, wired at night and, or, or wired and tired. Right. Um, so it's, it's just, and melatonin is one of the ways it's one of the most, uh, cancer protecting cancer preventative, uh, antioxidants and hormones in our body. It's mm-hmm. one of the few that can cross the blood brain barrier. You know, and I'm not looking to take one data point and make a, a, a case that, you know, that that was the only reason that he got brain cancer. But this is a healthy guy in his early 50s who works out uh, five, six days a week, eats right. You know what I mean? Does mm. all the shoulds. And and I, I, I mentioned this stuff, honestly, because I care about people. And I, I do think that a lot of folks are going to be doing some introspection and looking at their job. And looking at how they're taking inventory of how they're spending their days and how tethered they are to electronics and cities, you know, quote unquote, smart cities. Um, and and some people are going to stay because it's it is hard to move. It takes it work. Is. I've done it, it and a few times. It's hard. And it's been hard for us, too. But this is why one reason, too, we're biohackers. I think it's because mm-hmm. we're looking for ways to live healthier lives amidst the modern conveniences, if you will. Yeah, and so yeah. if anybody's listening is like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? I'm not going to move. Am I <laughs> you supposed know, I, to go back to the stone age? Exactly. <laughs> do I have to leave my, my phone? My daughter is ready to pitch hers into the pond as Dr. Tom Cowan suggests. But if you're not ready for that, okay, fine. Some small changes. I am so big on kind of bringing ancestral wisdom in bite-sized applicable pieces. So this is one reason yeah. I say sunrise before screen rise. That's one mm-hmm. thing I do. Um, another thing is eating meals outside as often as possible. I know in the oh, winter, this can one. be harder, but as you know, also our digestive process benefits from the sunlight. I've also studied under Jack, Dr. Jack Cruz a bit. And so mm-hmm. I know. So when you get the choice between eating outside on the patio or eating inside, pick outside as often as you can, you know, That's maybe take, one. 
sun breaks. Like people used to take smoking breaks and they still do now. And then I'm sometimes surprised and I'm like, oh, people are still smoking. Look at that. (laughs) Um, But they're getting outside. So maybe that's doing them good. Maybe it's balancing out. Who knows? But there's some interesting research on smoking outside that it's that it's not necessarily as bad as uh, smoking indoors. Oh, hey. Well, so who I mean, I'm not encouraging smoking here. (laughs) (laughs) Just interesting. It is interesting. But all I know is this too. I love what Tommy John says. You know, he's that chiropractor in California. And he says, Mm -hmm. N equals one. In other words, experience it for yourself. See what Mm -hmm. works for you. Try the sunrise before screen rise. Try getting out a little bit more and uh, making some small changes that could make a huge difference. I used to be a night owl, since we've been talking about melatonin and sleep too, I want to say, I used to put my kids to bed and then I'd be like, okay, now's my time. I'm going to do laundry. I'm going to get on my computer and do some emails for my part-time job. And I would just go, go, go. Honestly, I thought I was superhuman. I was like, how is it one, two in the morning and I'm still feeling so strong? I did not know that the blue light coming from my computer (laughs) was Mm -hmm. interfering with my melatonin production and release. And so therefore confusing my body about what time of day it was. So I was, yes, I'd go to sleep and I'd fall asleep, but I don't think my sleep was as restorative as it is now because I wear my blue blockers at night. I get to bed earlier. I just, I've made it a priority. And so even though I'm living in DC, everybody, (laughs) then Anthony, I really feel like I've made some shifts that are helping me live my optimal best life. hundred percent. It really is all relative too you know, what, how much, how much you were exposed to, and then, you know, what you've done to mitigate some of that, or just more intelligently manage that exposure. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we made the switch from, we got rid of Wi-Fi in, in both our houses and it's, you know, we have routers that don't transmit. Now we just use ethernet cables and it really isn't a con- an inconvenience at all. The phones still work everything. And you can turn off the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth on your computer and you're not, I mean, there's, I mentioned that because there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the, the, the melanops and the, the photoreceptors in our eyes that um, are non, it's like a non image forming part of our eyes. Um, and the, the suprachiasmatic nucleus, the SCN that picks up on electrical signals. It's not just light. It's all of these invisible uh, parts of the electrical spectrum too. They pick up on the, and then they send those signals to every cell and every organ in our body. And yeah, I mean, I, I get that too. If I'm on devices late, if I turned Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on on my computer, I could work all night, mm-hmm. you know. But um, but it's not it's not sustainable, at least at least for me. And that's part of why I I do these trips like you do, where. I go and I kind of reset. I was just telling mm-hmm. a client before we got on, like, it's, I don't think you need to live in the middle of nowhere. I don't think anyone does. I think it's good just to, just to go and reconnect and, and slow down a little bit and recharge and then come back to, you know, where we have more conveniences. You know, I do think, yeah. as you mentioned, there's a connection between conveniences and, uh, and, and, not, not necessarily the most favorable health conditions. Yeah. Um, as you know, I do the wise traditions podcast for the Weston a price foundation and they're amazing. They're about food farming and the healing arts. But one thing they say about technology is technology should be our servant and not the other way around. I feel like sometimes these things are owning us because the minute we feel anxious, we just grab our phone. You know, we don't have any solitude or, I don't say we, I shouldn't say we don't have, we don't take the opportunity for solitude or to set our devices apart. And this is one thing that I learned when I was in Australia, I was talking to an Aboriginal woman, actually two beautiful Aboriginal women, women, Suzanne Thompson and Eve White. And we got together on some land outside of Barcaldon in Australia. And one of them said to me, you know, in our culture, we have this concept of didiri, which is a deep listening. And Suzanne explained to me how she was listening for guidance and felt like her ancestors were calling her to something else. She was just going to be a hairdresser. And now she is the custodian of acres and acres of land where her ancestors once lived. But she might not have taken that step if she wasn't open and listening. Mm -hmm. And if she had always been on her phone, trust me, she wouldn't have heard that because she would have been watching reels or TikTok videos, you know? So 
I feel like for all of us, we can have <coughs> technology. I mean, I like a good reel or TikTok video as much as the next person, but I have it in its place so that it doesn't take over my life. Because partially, I agree with Arthur Furstenberg when he says our devices are the real pandemic, Anthony. Now mm -hmm. I'm preaching, but let me just say, I feel like they're sucking <coughs> us in. They're sucking us into this virtual world and disconnecting us from what's real. And so mm -hmm. I could be having a conversation with you and scrolling at the same time. And it's so sad. I'd be half listening to you. I'm not at all present. I'm not aware of the energy you're bringing to me. Instead, I'm looking for something else that's never going to be within my reach anyway. The virtual world is an illusion. So I, mm -hmm. I appreciate connections. Again, I'm not trying to go live in a cave as you were saying earlier, but I, I do feel like we need to make sure technology serves us and not the other way around. hundred percent agree. This is kind of a funny little aside. Uh, I, I'd called Arthur Furstenberg and we had a little bit of a chat. Uh, it was the first time we'd ever spoken. And within seconds, he goes, how are you talking to me? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, I'm driving back from North Carolina. I'm on, I'm on my phone. He goes, is it a cell phone? And I go, it is, it is. And he goes, Oh man, you got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of that thing <laughs> right oh. away. It was like the first two minutes of our conversation. <laughs> and I agree with him. I actually, I actually whipped mine into the woods last summer at one point. And then, uh, th this is a pretty good summary of my relationship with my phone. I chucked it into the woods one night where I was like, I'm done with this thing. And then I went back the next day using find my phone and dug it up. <laughs> 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 went to get it. It was like, it was like, ah, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard. It is a tool. It does mm -hmm. connect us. I'm so thankful. I, it's one way you and I both get information out about our podcast and about healthy living, Yeah, but it can just become very consuming. And you know, here's a little biohacking secret that you might know of. I haven't listened to every single one of your episodes, but you can change the settings on your phone so that it gets into a black and white mode so mm -hmm. that it's less alluring actually, because you don't have yeah. all the pretty little colors on everything, right? Totally. Yeah. It, it, it takes away some of the addictive properties or like, mm -hmm. um, Nick Pino, who wrote the non tinfoil guide to EMF. He showed me how to set it up where you can triple click the side button. And then it goes like dark red. Yes. It's amazing. You just don't even want to use it anymore. You're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this thing suddenly lost all of its allure. Um, I was curious about because there are a lot of things happening in Australia right now, especially with the indigenous and um, I had I had posted some videos to show like many of them are being moved off their land. They're being told that uh, because of because of the pandemic that, you know, it's not safe for them and they need to get these injections. And there's there's a lot of crimes against humanity that are taking place in Australia. And I'd shared some videos and encouraged people to go to um, they'd asked for people to go to the U.S. Embassy and um and to speak up on their behalf and let, you know, let the embassy know what was going on and talk, talk to the Australian embassy as well, of course. Um, but I was wondering if you had any intel on some of what's going on over there or ways that, I mean, I've, I've prayed for them as well, but there's, there's, there's also only so much that we could do from the other side of the world. I was curious if you had any insight on that or um, action steps that people who care about our brothers and sisters in these different parts of the world who are experiencing these things, stuff that we could do to help. You know, I was going to say two things, two things come to mind. Um, when I was in Cuba one time, and that's a a country under a lot of oppressive rule, mm -hmm. um, to put it mildly, before all this stuff started, um, they already had many limitations on their freedoms. And the happiest man I met was a self-sufficient farmer. Um, it was a person like the one, it was the life you were kind of describing of being out in the woods, you know, kind of living um, as one pleases with everything they need at hand. This man was like, even if the electricity goes out, I've got this machine that uses the manure to generate energy oh. for our property. And, and everything we ate that day was from his very farm. And I think I'm mentioning this because I do have friends there and we've been in touch uh, to a degree. I'm going to talk to one in the next couple of days. Um, and some of them are still living freely. You know why? Because they are choosing to do so in their spirit. I guess I want to say it's not just mm -hmm. because they're off grid, but they're realizing you can do things to this body or they can put restrictions on this or that, but I can choose in my spirit how free I'm going to be. And it makes me think of who was it? Victor Frankl, who wrote uh, the Man's meaning. Search for meaning. 
Yeah. And man search for meaning. Thank you. And, and he wasn't, he in a concentration camp Yeah. and yet you can be behind bars. You can be imprisoned and your spirit can still be free. So I'm sharing this because some of us in this country with more, you know, apparent freedom might be still living imprisoned in a way Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh, this restriction says I can't do this or that. Well, I think, and I could be wrong, but (laughs) I really feel strongly that we're as free as we want to be in our spirit. And so my friends that I've connected with to a degree, like I said, um, there are limitations, but are giving me the impression that they're doing the best they can to live as freely as possible in an oppressive time. It's very, very strange and very, very difficult. But in just a couple of days, I'll have more information on you. So maybe we'll do a part two of this episode. <laughs> yeah, keep us keep us posted and let, um, let everybody know on, on your Wise Traditions podcast yes. as well, if there's stuff that we could do. Um, so we've talked about the body being sacred. We've talked about the the healing energy in the water. We've talked about that the earth gives us a negative charge that gives us positive energy. Um, sunrise before screen rise, eating meals outside, um, making technology our our it should you know be our servant rather than turning us into um, its servant or 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 a sl- making us slaves to technology. Um, are there any other lessons that that you've learned or stories that you'd like to share from Ecuador, Kenya, Peru, Australia? One that comes to mind, it's embarrassing, but I'll tell it. <laughs> so I am a go for it kind of person. I love adventure, as you can tell from my YouTube channel and all the rest. Um, so when I was in the Galapagos, actually, we got to see all these amazing animals, flora and fauna, like 40% of the flora and fauna in Galapagos is seen nowhere else in the world. So there's like marine iguanas and sea turtles and beautiful, I forget what they're called, but these crabs that look like they've been painted by an Italian Renaissance artist. Like it's just Mm -hmm. amazing, amazing things. And so I was very much enjoying it. And I think it was like day two of our island trip that the captain got on the hot the captain or the guide rather, I think it was the guide, Roberto. He was the one we were friends with. But anyway, he got on the highest point of the ship, Anthony, and he threw himself into the water. And he's like, let's do this, you know? And so he wanted everyone to follow suit. My husband, <laughs> my husband jumps off. My sister jumps off. All these people are jumping off. And I was like, okay, here I go. One, two. <sighs> and I went back and forth so much. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. But you know, you can say that a million times, but when you look down, it's scary. Yeah, and your brain imagine. is like, don't do it, don't do it. Um, and so I literally didn't do it that day. But the next day before we pulled out of that port, I was like, I've got to do it. So the secret did you, was- Did you beat yourself up at all? Like that <laughs> night where you like, I wish I did it or, or no? <laughs> well, I, I don't remember how much I beat myself up, but I was embarrassed because okay. I had my videographer. He was filming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm psyching myself out. I was overthinking it. And so day two, I was like, okay, you can't overthink it. You just have to do it. And I did jump in. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because one thing I'm into, and I have seen some of my travels as well, is cold therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Just getting in that water, no matter how cold. When I was in Australia, I was with Cindy O'Meara of this kind of Change Nutrition Institute. She's amazing. And she's like, we're going to go for a swim to this island. Well, I didn't quite make it out to the island, but I... (laughs) but. They didn't care what temperature the water was. They were going to do it. Now, sometimes they will wear wetsuits in the winter. But the idea is you have to work to build that kind of resilience muscle a little bit. And that's one of my favorite things about cold therapy is that you learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it just helps on so many levels. I can't begin to tell you. And I'm talking to you as a person who used to hate the cold. I would Mm -hmm. tell myself... Okay, winter no, nobody is really just, likes it, right? <laughs> I, maybe some Norwegian people do. I'm not really yeah, sure. Maybe. <laughs> but I was like, I'm Latina. I mean, my mom's from Mexico. My dad's from Cuba. Like I was meant for warm climbs. But I've learned to look at the ambient temperature outside as a gift. And mm-hmm. so I lean into it instead of leaning away from it. I honestly... One thing I do every single day, I don't plunge every single day, but I do get out in the ambient temperature. And so today it was below freezing. 
and I put on my tank top and my shorts and part of me didn't necessarily want to do it, but I'm like, this is what I do. I don't give it a second thought. This is what I do. I go out every morning. Um, and I, when I feel it, especially cold, I'll be like, ah, oh, I'll tell myself this is great because I know it is good for me. And so, and I'll be like, this is like a waterfall. I have all these little phrases. Well, it's not the North pole, you know, I have little <laughs> things to convince me. And then, you know what, after those 25 minutes or whatever it is that I'm outside, I feel like I'm unstoppable. I can do anything. So the mental strength that gives me the physical and mental resilience, it's just unstoppable. So I do get in the water a lot um, as I did in Ecuador and as I have in other parts of the world, but it, it helps me attempt things I might not think I'm capable of because I've done some challenging things already in my morning. So if people mm -hmm. aren't ready for plunges, I get it. Um, you can always just do a shiver walk like I've done or do a some alternating between the, you know, hot and cold water in the shower, whatever it takes to kind of wake yourself up and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because if nothing else, you're going to need this in 2022. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, cold thermogenesis, ice baths, we've got a, a 90 gallon Balin stock tank out back that's filled with water. And, you know, my brother filmed the video, uh, it was yesterday or the day before, but he goes out there, he takes the ice off the top and throws it into the yard and, you know, strips down to his boxers and gets in there and does, you know, does his ice bath and then comes out, and, rah, you know, screams. Yes. And he's like, I was, I was buzzing for like minutes afterwards, you know, and uh, he's at the wave in the ocean on, on Instagram for those of you guys that may, may want to go check out that video. Um, but it does, it builds your resilience muscle. And, um, and of course has a tremendous amount of health benefits for reducing inflammation and everything like that too. You have, uh, some cool retreats coming up in different parts of the world. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about those for the people that are uh, ready to ready to travel and get, you know, take, take some, go on some adventures like you did in Ecuador. Oh, that would be so fun. And we can start local. So in the Outer Banks in February, I'm going to be on a retreat with Robin Shirley of Take Back Your Health with Bob Soulier, who's Wim Hof trained, and we're going to do some of this cold therapy adaptation stuff. So I really invite people to join us. That'll be the week of Valentine's Day, and it's a co-ed retreat, so men and women can come. Just go to tbyhguide, I think, um, .com or at an, on Instagram, and you'll find them. Also, in March, I'm going to be going to Mexico to Querétaro, and this is still in the works, so people should just come to my website, holistichilda.com sign up for my email so I can keep them posted on when that's going to be exactly, but I'm very excited about that. And that's going to have, it's going to be a conference focused on some of these ancestral and yet biohacking secrets. And my friend Galia Kleiman, who's the Western Price chapter leader in DC, I mean, DC, El DF, which is Mexico City. She and I are going to put this together. So I'm excited about that. And in May, I'm going to be in Polyface, uh, Joel Salatin's farm in Swoop, Virginia. And we're going to do an event, just a one day or like May 7th, I think it is. And it's really going to be inspiring and positive and an opportunity to connect with one another. Because the one thing you and I didn't mention yet that really is a biohack, but it's also an ancestral secret is the energy we get from each other. Mm -hmm. So I think it was Bruce Lipton that I interviewed that said that we're like little batteries yeah. and we exchange charges as we're together. You know, we know we swap DNA and stuff, but there's something kind of energetic that is powerful when we get together. And so <laughs> my event is not going to be one that's huge on speakers. I do have some amazing people coming, um, which I will announce shortly, but it's more about getting all of us together because I feel like we can all learn from one another and share that energy and kind of level up to a new place where we'll need to be in 2022. I totally agree. And like I was mentioning to you, we went to a meetup yesterday with a whole bunch. It was like 40 or 50 people. And just we did a potluck dinner and we sang Christmas carols. And it was it was wonderful. You know, I saw like people lighting, like literally lighting up, being around one another and participating in that stuff. And I think I think a lot of people are sort of reaching a tipping point where, yeah, don't don't do anything that's that's unsafe. Well, actually do some things that are unsafe, but in the right context, you know, it's all, it's all relative and, and risk reward based. But, um, a lot of people are like, okay, we've seen what isolating ourselves for like years on end does. And it, it, you know, the, the agenda keeps going. So it's up to us if we want to get together. And, you know, we want to have face-to-face -face interactions and, and hug people and love them and, and charge up our batteries and charge other people's batteries. 
you know, or, you know, do we want to listen to daddy Fauci and, and, you know, have our world get smaller. It's, it's up to each of us to decide what we want to do. A hundred percent. And it's also up to each of us to decide the kind of healthy life we want to live. Like you said, it's the lifestyle, it's the connecting with each other, but please don't outsource your health to anybody else. You know, you best N equals one, figure out what works for you and go there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, holistichilda.com. Is that the best place? What's, what's your Instagram again? That's where we originally connected. Yeah. Holistic Hilda. Holistic Hilda. Holistic <laughs> yep. Hilda on Instagram, holistichilda.com. Um, anything that you'd like to share with our audience before we go, your vision for the future, where you see these next couple of years taking us, um, what do you think is God's plan for humanity and, and, and how, I mean, if it, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, God, spirit, the universe, you know, what, what do you believe is, is, is their plan for our species? I'm convinced that God's plan for humanity is for good. Mm-hmm. It's for our welfare to give us a hope and a future, uh, not dismay. I, I have a strong Christian faith and I do believe me that too. it's, it's, it's something that anchors me. And it's one thing mm-hmm. I, I didn't mention yet, but everywhere I've traveled in the world, people have faith that, um, there's more to this life than what meets the eye. And so I do think our, our God's plan is for good. Um, it might not always feel like that, just like when you're in labor, <laughs> when I've been in labor, maybe not you exactly, Anthony, but you know, when you go to have a baby, oh man, it's painful. Oh man, I had four kids. They all weighed over nine pounds. I'm a very petite person. And um, I had them naturally without any drugs and it was painful, but the reward to have this warm human being, you know, to nurture, to care for, to lead as best I could was such a gift. So I feel like we're in birth pangs right now. Something new and beautiful is bound to come out of it. And even if we don't, um, you know, make it another hundred years as individuals or even as humanity, this moment is beautiful. So I'm thankful for it as difficult as it is, because it's, it's challenging me to step up and yes, take ownership of my health, but also to find my voice and footing in a a challenging time. So yeah, let's stay open in 2022. I'm convinced that good things are ahead. I am too. Holistic Hilda, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Guys, go to holistichilda.com. Follow her on Instagram at holistichilda. And yeah, thank you so much. I had a good time. It's been a pleasure. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up. And I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together.